Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Split Decision Podcast. I am your host, Roman Garcia, with my co-host and my very good pal, PJ Katona. PJ, how we doing today? Doing pretty good, pretty good. <clears throat> Coming off a uh, hollow weekend, um, yes, as some people call it. Um, very, uh, very long weekend, I'd say, but I had a uh, had a good time. I uh, did not dress up this weekend, actually, but I, I know you did. Who, uh, <laughs> who were you this weekend, pal? Well, you know, I uh, much like last year, I dressed as the Italian stallion Rocky Balboa. I switched up the costume a little bit, you know, did a little more of a training montage Rocky versus a, uh, his second fight versus Apollo Creed. A historic matchup. You guys should give that one a watch, by the way. Um, and then also I was uh, the rock. In the uh, in the turtleneck in the chain with the with the fanny pack. I don't know if any of you guys have seen that famous photo. But uh, PJ, why why didn't you dress up? You getting a little too old for us, or couldn't find yeah, a costume? I don't, I, I don't know. I uh, I just didn't uh, feel like it. I was uh, actually wearing. Uh, I just wore a Houston Astros jersey out, uh, so and I had quite a few people so say some derogatory so things towards me. So um, you dressed as a cheater. Pretty much, pretty much. That's what I got called. I probably got called that a billion times this weekend. So yeah, not a great look, but yeah. Um, coming at you a little bit later in the week, but it's all good uh, here this Wednesday, and uh, we we are still gonna recap the action that took place uh, this past weekend during Halloween weekend. Uh, starting off with, and uh, I will say, not abysmal, but very uh, flat. UFC Vegas 63 between Arnold Allen and Calvin Cater. Uh, PJ, you want to tell us why that fight kind of, um, you know, fell beneath expectations? Yeah, it uh, was unfortunate. The ending was definitely unfortunate. Um, you know, Calvin Cater is one of my, I, I do like, Al <laughs> excuse me, I like Calvin Cater a lot. He's definitely one of my, fi not, I, I wouldn't say he's not my top five or anything, but I love watching him. I, I've, I think I've always rooted for him when, when he fights. And I knew Arnold Allen was a beast. I, uh, I predicted Arnold Allen was going to win, but not the way he did, unfortunately, mm -hmm. for those of you who didn't watch. Uh, Calvin Cater, I don't know how, I don't know how uh, long into the first round it was, but he tried some kind of, well, what, like a flying knee I type? I don't know what he was going for, Some honestly. kind of strike, and he, he landed on his knee very, very awkwardly. And he barely made it out of the first round, mm -hmm. and then eight seconds into the second round. <laughs> one little leg kick. One leg kick, and that was all she wrote, unfortunately. And it was a knockout win for Allen in the scorebook. Um, yeah. Um, very unfortunate. Very unfortunate. I would say a little bit of a hot streak going on with some of these main events and, and fighters getting injured this year. It's the, Sucks, the year of cursed fights in 2022. What, what else? What other fights have we had that got main events that got <clears throat> ended via injury? We got Tom Aspinall versus Curtis Blades. Yeah, I just saw a post on Yair that. Yair versus um, Ortega. Ortega. What Man. else? There's another like big one that I just know we're missing right now. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah. Allen versus Cater got added to that list this year, unfortunately. Um, so, with that being said, Arnold Allen kind of finds himself, much like a lot of other 145-pounders, in a difficult situation, to say the least, because Alexander Volkanovsky is currently tied up, seemingly, with 155-pound champ Islam Mahachev. So, there's really no clear-cut contender at 145, so, 
what would you say is the best bet for the division? You think an inter interiming a title right now, or just waiting it out for somebody? What would you say is the best route possible? I don't know if I like the. I don't know if I like an interim title because I, I feel like an interim title should only be when like the champ is hurt, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Um, so I think I mean I think it makes sense to do uh, Yair versus Arnold Allen, considering they both won ver in very similar fashion. And both fights were considered to be, I would say, title. Well, Yair versus Ortega definitely was like a title eliminator. Yeah. I don't know if Cater versus Allen is, was a title eliminator, but it was a top five matchup. And yeah. um, I think that makes most sense, Yair versus Arnold Allen, especially considering Volk obviously won't. That fight wouldn't, the next featherweight title fight won't be till mm -hmm. halfway through next year, maybe even farther than that. Yeah. Um, yeah, what about you? You think anything else? Um, I would have liked to see Arnold Allen name a name in his post-fight speech. Now, I know he uh, he uh, was probably a little taken aback by how the fight ended, you know, wanted to end the fight in a decisive fashion, wanted to make a statement, as he said. But Michael Bisping was really trying to draw um, a call out from him, you know, trying to help him out. He, he literally told him, like, say somebody's name. And Arnold Allen, a reserved man, you know, doesn't really put his name out there much, much to, uh, I would say, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just unfortunate, just unfortunate yeah. that he doesn't uh, put his name out there because he is a very good fighter, 10-0, and 0, undefeated in the UFC. Yeah. And I would just like to see him, you know, name a name, as Michael Bisting would say. You know, set yourself up. In your post-fight interviews, when you have the most uh, amount of eyeballs on you, most amount of attention, and all he had to do was say, "Inter me versus Yair, inter me versus Emmett. And guess what we'll do? I'll make a little post, and I'll say, hey, who wants to see Yair versus uh, Arnold Allen? And millions of other accounts across the world will do that too, and we, the fans, will build that fight for you. But we can't do that if you don't care about who yeah. your next opponent is, pretty much. Um, but with that being said, I don't know. If if Arnold Allen can't name a name, I can't really name a name for Arnold Allen. I would say just because I like Yair and he's more of an exciting fighter to me than Josh Emmett, I would prefer to see that matchup. Um, but, you know, 145 can go in a couple different ways. And uh, Alexander yeah. Volkanovsky, all he has to do is just sit and wait and see uh, who opens up for him. But uh, anything outside of UFC Vegas 63 that you uh, would like to mention? Um, I mean, it was kind of, a, as we mentioned, kind of a dud of a card. But uh, Treshawn Gore had a pretty uh, sick uh, submission. Yeah, that was vicious. Yeah, what would you? What was that? What, what did it? What would it even be called? Is I think it like was. A, it, they they listed it as guillotine. a guillotine. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I can't really explain it. Um, to those who didn't see it, you kind of just got to look up Treshawn Gore. Uh, submission. He kind of Josh Fremd was like up against the fence, yeah. but he was fully in the air at one point. Yeah. Like his feet were on the cage, and Trayshawn Gore had his neck tied up and just never let go. He was trying to wiggle out of it, and somehow I don't even know how the strength on Gore must be absurd because I yeah. thought for sure he was going to shake loose after that. Um, but, but yeah, that was not. pretty. Uh, that was pretty uh, tough to watch. That was definitely the highlight of the, uh, of the of the card for sure. Also, I mean, unfortunately, watch Chase Hooper get absolutely ragged out. <laughs> yeah, that's your boy, right, Chase Hooper? I mean, I'm not a big fan of him. I just I've just known I've known his name considering he joined the yeah. UFC at like age like 18 or 19. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, he got he got mauled. Mm-hmm. Nothing Price. else too significant on this card, if I'm being honest. Yeah, Chase Hooper fell to three and three in the UFC now with his loss to Steve Garcia. Got knocked down, I want to say four times within. Got knocked down two, like seven thousand times. Uh, two and a half <laughs> rounds. So, uh, yeah, definitely needs to improve on the striking department. The 22 year old, but uh, young in his career. To say the least. Very so, young, very young. Has a lot of time. You know, we will see if he can improve. Uh, but yeah, half of an, uh, I will say an abysmal UFC 263. We will move on past that. And uh, I will quickly go over the uh, big boxing match. One of the big, one of two big boxing matches, sort of, of the weekend. Vasily Lomachenko versus Jermaine Ortiz. Vasily Lomachenko went into the weekend minus 1,500. Um... But it proved to be a much closer matchup than people were expecting. I think Ortiz showed a lot of uh, a lot of his youth early in the rounds. You know, put the pressure on the 34-year-old, um, threw a lot of hard combinations. Really made Vasily Lomachenko work inside of his boxing shell for a good portion of the fights. But Lomachenko, um, with tons of experience, ton- tons of amateur and professional experience in his locker, was able to really. Uh, Open up on Ortiz in the latter rounds, utilize some of that famous footwork of his, and uh, get the unanimous decision victory on the judges' scorecards. Ended up being 115, 113, 116, 112, and 117, 111 across the three judges' scorecards. So, PJ, after the fight, um, one Devin Haney, who is the current undisputed champion at lightweight, stepped into the ring to come face to face with Vasily Lomachenko. Um, is that a fight that you would like to see based off of this performance? I mean, yeah, based off the performance, it seems like that is the uh, next fight to make. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, you have a prediction on that fight, if that is the next fight? That's a... Now, if you would have said Vasily Lomachenko, we've seen, I don't know, two, three years ago, yeah. before he took a little bit of time off because of the uh, the war in Ukraine. He's a Ukrainian, fought in the... Joined his brothers on the battle on the battlefront. I would have said uh, I would have favored Vasily Lomachenko. I thought he was the best fighter at at that weight class. Um, but Devin Haney stayed active with those two fights versus George Camposos over a pa- over the past year and a half or so, and he is the much younger fighter. And I would say consistency plus youth on your youth on your side plus I think he is just a larger man. Yeah. I would say the fight probably favors Devin Haney, but who is to say? I would have to agree. Mm-hmm. I would have to agree. I would like to see Lomachenko turn the clock back, though. That'd be kind of sick. That would be nice to see. And but uh, Haney, Haney's what? How young? Twenty-three. Yeah, he's a young man. A so. protege of one Floyd Money Mayweather. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he got the skills to pay the bills, to say the least. But PJ. Lomachenko versus Ortiz wasn't the only big boxing match of the weekend, was it? We also had Anderson Silva versus Jake Paul. How did that go down? I feel like it went kind of how I expected it. You know, I obviously love Anderson Silva. I was rooting for him. Um, yeah, I mean, he actually he looked pretty sharp. I mean, I think Jake Paul was just the more uh, Active fighter. What was? Do you have the the score the scorecards up? It was yeah. about what seventy seven, seventy four, seventy eight, seventy eight, seventy three on two other okay. judges' scorecards. So like, yeah, Jake Paul took like what five, six rounds. Yeah, okay. but I would. I heard it was um a lot more people had a uh, the fight a little scored a little bit closer. 
Um, I heard Anderson picked up about three, four rounds. I didn't watch that fight. You watched that fight briefly, didn't you? I mean, I, yeah, I was out. I was out at the time, but yeah. I, I had it up on, on my phone and I, I couldn't hear anything, obviously. But well, yeah, I was paying attention every so often. So I mean, I'm hurt, I'm sure it's hard to pay attention when you got Peter, you know, yapping oh, in your ear. <laughs> Peter, dude, don't even get me started on that guy. But uh, yeah, Jake Paul was just a little more. Uh, Active, I would say. I was, it says, I mean, Jake Paul landed. It says, fifty-one uh, power punches compared to Anderson Silva's sixty-six. However, mm. the difference in this fight was Jake Paul's jab. Jake Paul threw about two hundred and fifteen jabs, mm. and which um, Anderson Silva threw about seventy-five. Ah. So seems like that yeah that might be a, might have been the difference there uh, especially in boxing the jab really pays dividends a yeah. lot and i honestly would expect that anderson silva if you've seen his mma careers uh usually a one punch or like kind of a counter puncher i would say yeah. waits for his opponents to come at him and open up and then he'll just throw one two strikes and drop them yeah. uh but uh paul the taller of the two as well isn't he so I would say his. I think uh, so, yeah. I would say his jab would definitely pay dividends in that fight if he used it effectively. Yeah. Which Ander he, Anderson Silva had a nice upper. I don't know what round it was in, but there was a nice. He did have a nice combo and a good uppercut. And I will admit, Jake Paul is. I mean, it, it was somewhat. It was pretty impressive that he he uh, took, he, the took shot. That, he took that shot. And he's a big boy. But then obviously the deciding factor when I think everybody knew it was over was in round eight mm -hmm. um, when Jake Paul um, knocked down Anderson Silva. I think that just about. Uh, you know, close the books on that on that fight. Yeah, ten eight on a on a on an eight round fight that uh that yeah, that'll score you two quick rounds yeah, essentially. That'll so that'll do it. Yeah, um, but after the fight, Jake Paul gets the decision and he calls out one Nathaniel Diaz, PJ, formerly of the UFC, currently a free agent. Is that a fight you would like to see next for Jake Paul? I mean, at this point. I don't know if Jake Paul's ever going to fight an actual boxer. So, yeah, I would like to see that. Honestly, I think it would just be hilarious to watch Diaz. I just love <laughs> Nate Diaz. So I, I just want to see Nate Diaz getting – I would love, also love to see Nate Diaz get a big payday. He deserves that. Um, oh, Nate Diaz gets paid. No, he gets paid, <laughs> but, I mean, he's not going to get paid. How he's going to get paid if he fights Jake Paul. True. That's um, Showtime money. Yeah, I think I would actually bet – I don't know how much they could go twenty rounds. I mm. thought that Nate Diaz will probably lose every round, but he won't get knocked out, which is why I like to see the fight. Touche. He will not get knocked out, and if he does get knocked out, that's how I know these fights if he are not, rigged. If Jake Paul knocks out <laughs> Nate Diaz, I will never ever say anything bad about Jake Paul, bro. Ever no again. chance. No, I know but that's what I'm saying. If that does happen, wow! I all the respect in the world for Imagine. Jake Paul. Then, gosh, the world will end the day I see Nate Diaz lying flat on a canvas. Um, but I think another potential fight, and I was just listening to an interview of his yesterday on the Ariel Hawani show, Mr. Tommy Fury, a fight that has been booked, uh, I want to say on two occasions, yeah, twice canceled on two occasions, this, um, the latter time because Tommy Fury couldn't get into the country because of some visa issues. And he said on the Hawani show, he still can't get into the country. So unless Jake Paul is looking to take a trip across the pond, I'm not sure that fight could get made, but I, if I could pick a fight for Jake Paul, either Nate Diaz or Tommy Fury, I think I'd honestly lean towards Tommy Fury. I would agree. Purely yeah, because sure. I think Nate Diaz might want to get a fight underneath his uh, new fight promotion, uh, Real Fight Inc. 
obviously he's the owner and I'm probably 100% confident that he's also going to be fighting in his own league, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, he hasn't really, I don't know if he's mentioned anything about it. I don't, I don't think he has yet, but I mean, that would make sense, honestly. That would also be, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah, so I would imagine that Nate Diaz would want to fight in his own promotion, and if that were to happen, that means Jake Paul would need an opponent, and I think Tommy Fury would be a good matchup. Yeah. Tommy Fury, still young, has the name. Um, his older brother, obviously, Tyson Fury, the uh, heavyweight champion of the world, and I and has the credentials that uh, Jake Paul, Jake Paul haters, as he would say, are looking for him to fight. Uh, he's a young fighter who comes from an actual boxing background, and I think they would sell tickets, especially in the over in the UK, because Fury obviously holds a big name over there. And uh, yeah, honestly, if Jake Paul were to beat Tommy Fury, um, then he would have my uh, he would certainly have he my would also have my respect. Yeah. yeah, I mean if I could if I could pick a fight for Jake Paul, it would be Tommy Fury. I just don't I don't know if I see that happening. I don't know yeah. if I see them rescheduling it for a third time. To be honest, so that's why I said I would love to see Nate Diaz. But yeah, and if he does beat if he beats Tommy Fury, I would also tip my cap to him. And on the same hand, do you think Jake? I mean, at this point, Jake Paul, he's past names like Tommy Fury. I mean, obviously, Anderson Silva's a bigger name than Tommy Fury. Yeah, yeah, he is. So do you really, like, would that, do you think that would be seen as a step backwards? I mean, on one hand. Well, uh, he's calling out Nate Diaz, so. That is true. He's taking a step back regardless. <laughs> he's, taking, he's either taking a giant leap backwards in Diaz or he takes maybe a tiny step back. <laughs> but the difference is Fury's, like, actually a boxer, which is just why I want to yeah. see him, I mean. I don't know how much of a difference it makes considering Silva's definitely one of the best, if not the best, striker in MMA history. Um, yeah. Yeah, i just like to see him fight a boxer considering he wants to say he's like a pro boxer and all this stuff. Well, maybe uh, you get a couple of years of training underneath your belt, build a big name on social media, and, you know. Or just go as Paul Jake instead of Jake Paul. That <laughs> <laughs> is my name, so. <laughs> Uh, book it, 2026. We'll see you, Jake Paul. Um, that guy's toast. That guy's toast. That guy sucks. <laughs> now, moving on, though. PJ, any big fight announcements that got an, um, announced over the past week or so? Yes, sir. I, uh, well, first I'll say they, uh, Bryce Mitchell now has an opponent um, in the featherweight division. He is now fighting the number 14 ranked uh, Ilya Tapuria, who's actually undefeated in his MMA career. Um, Taporia is 12 and 0 in MMA, and he's got 11 finishes, including nine first-round finishes. Um, Bryce Mitchell coming off of a victory versus it was Edson Barbo, yeah, Edson Barboza. Mm -hmm. Last um, Thug Nasty, definitely one of the better wrestler slash jujitsu guys in this division. And uh, Taporia, obviously a uh, threat the second he steps into the cage. I uh, I like this fight a lot. Mm -hmm. I actually don't have a prediction yet. I, I don't know who um, I see winning this one. I think it's going to be a great fight regardless. It's going to be a great fight. And this will be at UFC 282 uh, December 10th in about a month. Mm -hmm. so. I would uh, just initially here, obviously we're a few months, or we're about a month and eight days out from this fight taking place. But I would say uh, I would favor maybe Ilya Taporia simply because I think he's a little bit more all around. He's also, he, he looks a little bigger, too, Yeah, as well. he does look like a big boy. I think he has fought. I want to say he has fought at 155 on some occasions. Maybe. I'm not quite sure on that. Don't quote me. But, yeah, Taporia 
12 wins in his career, four by knockout, seven by submission, one by decision. Bryce Mitchell has never knocked anyone out. Um, 15 wins, though, still undefeated with nine submissions and six decisions. So, yes, I would say Bryce Mitchell will... Do you think he would have the advantage in the wrestling department, in the in the grappling department? I mean, I just don't. I don't know if he could. If he does take him down, I'm not sure he can hold him there. I mean, yeah. personally, I just look. Taporia just looks to be a lot like the bigger dude mm-hmm. in this matchup. So yeah, I would. I would say, if I were to make a prediction right now, I would say Taporia. I don't know by how, because I know Bryce has good ground game. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I don't know. That's in it. I, I I like the fight. I think it honestly might be a tougher matchup than oh, yeah. the one he had originally oh, versus sure. Mosfar. I think so for sure. Because Taporia is definitely one of the up and coming prospects in this division. Mm-hmm. Although Mosfar was also undefeated, so I mean he went from undefeated to undefeated. So yeah, yeah. I will say all the respect to Bryce Mitchell for taking on these matchups. He because, wants it. He wants to. You smoke. know, I, I think the UFC really does like Bryce Mitchell and. Uh, when usually when the UFC likes somebody, they'll protect them for uh, uh, about as long as they can to build up their name. But Bryce Mitchell yeah. said, uh, throw me into the deep end. I do not care. And we also have another announcement, I think, that happened yesterday. Maybe it was two days ago. Um, our boy, well, more your boy, uh, Mr. Terrence McKinney. That's my boy. Versus uh, Ismail Bonfim at <laughs> UFC 283. Uh, Happy to finally see Terrence get on a pay-per-view. I've been waiting for it. I think he has a bit. I think he has a pretty big fan base. Not gonna lie, he's mm-hmm. always um, active on social media yeah, for sure. Always talking to fans and stuff. And he has, his story is, in my oh, opinion, yeah. it has to be the most remarkable story ever that I've ever heard. I won't say it all because it's just a lot to talk about. But yeah, for those of you who don't know Terrence McKinney, you should get to know him and learn. The background uh, he had, because he definitely has one of the most interesting lives I think I've ever heard in my life. But yeah, quite insane, to say the least. From Terrence McKinney, he's coming off a win versus Eric Gonzalez. Before that, was on a quite a run until he ran into Drew Dober, who yeah. a fight that he took on. I want to say yeah. what, like very, six days short notice, very like short that. notice. And he uh, almost had Drew Dober in the first round, but I think he uh, gassed himself out pretty quickly yeah, when he tried to finish him. Drew Dober, notoriously very difficult to finish. Yeah, Dober's tough. Yeah, man. so. Um, but he's looking to, to, to continue, or to, I, I should say, restart a win streak in his fight versus Ismael Bonfim. And, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of his, as PJ was saying. I, you know, have talked to him uh, through the social media yeah. on a, a couple times, which is always cool to see. Yeah. And uh, I am certainly... I certainly will be rooting for him in this next matchup. As will I. That's a UFC 283, yes. by the way. All right. Uh, anything else coming uh, our way via fight announcements? Not really matchup-wise. I mean, we got little little Cejudo's trying to bur- trying to bully his way into a title fight versus Aljo. Or now he called out Sugar Sean for the internet. Yeah. I don't want to waste my time talking about Cejudo, <laughs> though. I dislike that guy very much. Well, um, speaking of the 145-pound division, I did see... Uh, and why Cejudo was even talking about an intern title shot in the first place is because Aljamain Sterling saying he wants to wait till next June before he steps into the octagon again. PJ, what do you think of that? I mean, seemingly he has no injuries, so why? Yeah, he he just he did post like a I don't know if it was an interview or if it was just a video he posted himself. He was just saying that basically he quote his quote I don't want to not direct quote, but he was saying like for anyone who knows and that is trained for a five round fight, the amount of damage and 
you know, uh, what, what's the word? Just fatigue, mm -hmm. you know, just the the wear and tear. The wear, wear and tear. That's what yeah. the wear and tear on your body. Preparing for a five round fight is uh, definitely tough. So I see where he's coming from. Cause, I mean, I I don't because I, I've never trained for a five round fight, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, it just seems like he wants to take a little break. Obviously, we must have been training pretty hard for this this fight against Dillashaw. So I I respect it. Um, but it also does make sense for Cejudo or whoever is in line for the title shot next um, to be a little annoyed that Aljo's coming out in the open saying, I don't want to fight for this long. Because what? That's at least that's uh -huh. at least six, seven months, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Aljamain Sterling, me and you, we don't have the best relationship, I'll admit. You know, I've, uh, I've notoriously picked against you in your last three fights. And uh, you have uh, proved me wrong in all three of those fights. So, you know, joke's on me in the long term. But, you know, like, I just don't get it. Like, okay, I've never been through a five-round five, <laughs> five fight training camp as well. Um, so, you know, who am I to say how, how much that has an effect on your body? But I think in a division as stacked as 135, where there's seemingly anyone in the top five could— Ve like feasibly fight for a title like tomorrow if you said so like if you booked Corey Sanhagen versus Aljamain Sterling right now I'd be like okay that's fine with me yeah. uh, same with Cheeto Vera Cejudo Sean O'Malley Mar all those Marab as well. even if you Peter Yan Peter Yan as well even Peter Yan off of two losses I would say okay that's There's perfect like seven names that you <laughs> yeah. could just give a shot right now so like obviously it's not his fault his division is as stacked as it is but I think when you're the champion of a, a, a division Probably the division I would say is the most competitive in the UFC right now. I think you kind of owe it to everyone to just keep the line moving. Yeah. At least, like, I'm not saying you have to fight every three months like a or three, four months like an Alexander Volkanovsky does. Um, but at, at June, is that really the earliest we can get in there? Especially off a TJ Dillashaw yeah. fight. He took no damage in that fight, and he was over within a round and a half, you know? Yeah. So I'm like... Realistically, I think we could get you in there as early as February, March, if we wanted to. But at least like April, I April, I, April, I April May. I think I would April's say. fair, considering I, I think champion. He he said champions fight once a year, maybe twice, which is fair. So like I think if he were to fight in April, yeah, exactly. And he he went if he does win or whatever. I mean, you know, he gets two fights in the year. I mean, if he, if if we fight in June, we might only see him fight once a year. And I mean, for like as you mentioned a. Division in the band, like as in bantamweight, that's arguably the deepest and most competitive. As you said, I mean, it would suck to only see one bantamweight fight in uh, 2023. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly our point, Elchman Sterling. Well, we, I, I don't think it's fair. We can't really speak for him because we don't know the wear and tear that he goes through, or any UFC fighter for that matter. But obviously, it does kind of stink. Well, I know the wear and tear I go through to make this podcast happen, you know, and that certainly plays a role in me. But guess what? I'm here every single week you know getting it done. And that's why I respect you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, that's about all I got. That's about that. all we got in upcoming news. So we will move on to a fun little segment here this week because there's not a lot of action going on this weekend. Although Maria, Marina Rodriguez will be taking on Amanda Lemos. Uh, PJ, quick prediction on that one. Two seconds. One, two. Actually, I'm not sure that fight's going to happen, if I'm being honest. Did you see the thing about Lemos? She what can't happened? get into the... Because of the... Oh, jeez. <laughs> that's what I want to talk about, actually, because of the... Uh, 
changes in the uh, Brazilian. Um, what was it? Mm-hmm. They they just had a, they had an election. Oh, they, right? Yeah, they had a new president. So they changed the new president, and with the new president, uh, Lemos has had trouble getting into like the getting a flight into the really? U.S. So I don't think she's in the U.S. yet, to be honest. Oh, jeez. So my prediction is that fight might not happen. If it does, I'll go with Marina Rodriguez, though. Like, I will go with her. You caught me off guard on that, but <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't explain that in two seconds. That Lemos might not be able to make it into the U.S. in time. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, fair enough for bringing that up, honestly. And uh, shout out to the Wall Street Journal because that's how I knew <laughs> that the Brazilians got a new president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, who knows if she gets in the country or not? That card's. UFC, two, UFC Vegas 64 is just not worth talking yeah, about. it's all right. I got Marina Rodriguez, so if it does happen, yeah. by, by KO. By KO. In 13 seconds. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But, yeah. Okay, but now we'll move on to the big segment for this week. We will be building our perfect fighters. PJ, you want to tell us how you came up with this concept? With the yeah, it was, uh, I think it was Saturday or, Saturday or Sunday. No, it wasn't Sunday. It was definitely Saturday. I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw this guy. He said, and he put, build your perfect fighter, including like take any fighter, take any fighter's attributes and make the perfect fighter, including fighter IQ, striking, power, cardio, chin, defense, jujitsu, and wrestling. And I texted uh, texted Roman. I was like, dude, we should definitely do this. This would be uh, this would be interesting for the podcast. Also considering. Not a whole lot going on the past weekend, so yeah. So I think I'm gonna do more of a uh, a uh, current fighter um, perfect build, and Roman's gonna go more uh, all time, all time. So uh, excited, yeah. excited for this one, PJ. Who would you, would you like me to start off? Would you like to start off? I guess uh, I I guess I mean we're going current. I guess I'll I'll yeah, start I'll start yeah, us yeah. off here in the uh, IQ department. I have Mr. John Bones Jones. Um, John Jones, arguably the greatest mixed martial artist um, in UFC history. Um, obviously, he has—I mean, he has a loss on his record, but he's never, you know, actually lost a fight due to mm. you know being outperformed. He has had some close calls, but I just think the mix of Jones's takedowns and his unique striking, um, his vicious striking—I should say—I yeah. just think he never—he knows how to keep himself out of trouble. Um, I can only think of maybe one or. One time that he was really in trouble, he was in a, I can't remember what fight it was, but somebody had him in a deep arm bar. Oh, it was Vitor Belfort. Belfort, that's who it was. I couldn't think of his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the only time I can really think that he was in trouble. There may be others, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I think John Jones knows how to keep himself out of trouble and just his his mix of striking and wrestling, in my opinion, is just very, very impressive. So that's why I have Mr. Bones Jones as for my fighter IQ. Yeah. That's an uh, excellent choice. And uh, moving on from one goat to another, for my IQ, I will go with Mr. George St. Pierre, my personal greatest mixed martial artist of all time, who has a record of 26 wins and two losses. But those two losses were both avenged later on in his career. And uh, he has a mixed bag of finishes, eight eight finishes, or eight wins via KO, six wins via submission, 12 wins via decision. And uh, I think that kind of tells you how all around George St. Pierre was. He could take you down and uh, hit you with some nasty ground and pound, or he could take you down and submit you. Or if you, uh, you know, proved to be an equal matchup with him on the ground, he could easily 
bring the fight back to the feet, and he could outstrike you there. Had some very good boxing and was able to uh, mix in his kicks as well in a lot of his fights. And I think uh, his last performance really showed how all-around he was versus Michael Bisping. Michael Bisping, a very good striker, and uh, not too shabby on the ground as well. And uh, Pierre, you know, won some rounds on the feet and then ultimately got the finish After on the ground. How long How long was he off? Four years? Yeah, four-year like, layoff. That's yeah. unbelievable. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, George St. Pierre, I think, about as mix, uh, about as uh, well-rounded as a mixed martial artist can get and uh, knew how to use different strategies in, in different fights. So that yeah. is why he takes my pick in the IQ I like department. Pick. Um, moving on, we'll go to striking. Um, my striker, as I think you guys could have predicted, I'll be taking the notorious um, Conor McGregor. McGregor is 22-6 and six in his mixed martial arts career, although he's actually 28-0. No. Um, <laughs> he's got 19. Um, 19 of his victories are by knockout. Um, he's had some pretty quick knockouts in his career, including most recently Donald Cerrone in 2020, 40 seconds, and then... I think what really, really cemented Connor is one of the greatest strikers. It's quite impressive. The 13-second knockout over Jose Aldo in 2015 to uh, become the featherweight champion. Um, just you know, Connor's just got one-punch power. More of a uh, back in his prime, more of a karate-type stance, yeah. I would say. You know, great mix of you know spinning, spinning leg kick, you know knees, and then he's just got a bomb of a left hook. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if I were to pick a striker. Uh, a striking a striker with their striking skill asset I would take Mr. McGregor I uh completely agree with that pick honestly I think uh I think history has uh, been unfortunate to Mr. McGregor honestly these bums don't realize what a, what type of fighter they got standing across from them Conor McGregor one of the greatest strikers of all time for sure um but moving on from one striking specialist to another I will go for my all-time pick with Mr. Anderson the Spider Silva, one of another one of the greatest mixed martial artists of all time, who finished with a record of 33, 34 wins, eleven losses, but twenty-three of his wins coming via knockout. And I think what made Anderson Silva so special was just his mixed uh, mixed bag of finishes he has secured in the UFC, um, demonstrating his boxing, his Muay Thai, his kickboxing, knees, elbows, punches. Um, if there was a way to hit you, he would uh, he would uh, do it for sure. Anderson Silva um, pretty much, you know, could finish you anyway. He does everything. Yeah, can do everything. Imp- um, impeccable timing, impeccable speed, very hard to hit as well. And, uh, yeah, he takes my spot in the striking department. Phenomenal selection, I would have to say. Moving on, we'll go to power now. Um, I think anyone who watches the UFC in today's um, game should know who I'm going to pick, and that will be Mr. Francis Ngannou. Francis might be the most polarizing, well, he might, besides Brock Lesnar, I think Brock Lesnar might be up there as well, but the most one of the most polarizing figures in the enti- in the UFC history, in my opinion. Just a big, scary dude. Um Francis has 10 knockout wins in his career, tied for second most all-time amongst heavyweights. 1.6 knockdowns per 15 minutes, which is fifth all-time. I mean, he just he throws bombs. If you realistically, if you get hit once, 
you're probably toast. Yeah. Let's just be honest here. Um, yeah, if you don't know who Francis Ngannou is, um, just look up a picture of him and you'll understand why he takes your spot. Why <laughs> I would have nightmares if I, had, if I if I was in the UFC and I had to fight him. Uh, I think um, you'd fare well in that relatively well. You know, shoot for the legs. I think you got him, PJ. I, yeah, mate. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know how I would approach. If I'm being honest, I don't know what I would do. I'm trying to think. How could I not get Murdered. uppercutted or right hook to the head? Like, so what's the longest you think you're lasting versus Francis and Ghana? See the thing. Realistically, I, th I think I'm a tad faster than him, so I might be able to run around the octagon a couple times <laughs> by about ten, fifteen <laughs> seconds before he just. <laughs> like imagine the actual fear you would have if That's he like grabbed would, a hold of you. I would. Oh my god! If he grabbed, <laughs> actually, you know, if he grabbed a hold of me, knowing his power, I would probably feel somewhat better than just knowing I won't take a bomb. I mean, although if he starts grounding, yeah, that's what me, I'm saying. We're saying the second he the second he grabs me, I'm I'm, I'm probably just gonna tap. If I'm being honest, I'm just, you're I'm gonna be gonna the tap. first submission, just be a like yeah, ankle yes. hold or yes. something. Yes. Oh jeez, I would submission via 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 fear. <laughs> I would not. Uh, I would not. Uh, I don't want to think about that. So yeah. let's, uh, yeah. let's move on to your power of an all time fighter. Who are we going with? Well, uh, I would say Francis Ngannou certainly the uh, the clear cut obvious choice for power. But I think uh, if we were gonna go pound for pound, maybe in terms of power, I think this pick would uh, would prove to be a. Uh, Quite adequate. Mr. Justin the Highlight Gaethje, 23 wins in his career, 19 coming via knockout. That's 83% of his fights finishing via knockout. And he has finished some big names in his career. Edson Barbosa, James Vick, <laughs> Donald Cerrone, um, Michael Johnson. And then I think most famously, I think his biggest finish was probably Tony Ferguson. Sad. At that stage of Tony Ferguson's career, he was on was that was when he was on his 12 fight win streak. I that believe was for the interim, right? Yes, yeah. for the interim title, and he just put a brutal Jeez. one of the worst beatings I've ever seen in UFC for five rounds. Shout out to Herb Dean for uh, <laughs> for letting that massacre take Saving place. Saving Tony's life. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Uh, but yeah, um, that's pretty much uh, all I have to say about that. Yeah. I would have to agree. I mean, being pound for pound, I saw a video on a Twitter of like it was just the sounds of Gaethje's mm -hmm. hooks landing, and yes. it's just a satisfying slash disturbing video yes. to listen to because to Gaethje throws nukes. Yeah, um, not always the cleanest of strikers, but no, he's sloppy. But I mean, the thing is, <laughs> the reason he, I feel like he's sloppy is because he's always trying, trying to take to, people's heads off. Oh yeah, off. absolutely. Um, has a great uppercut, great left hook, and power in both Everything. hands. And uh, you uh, get landed on flushly by him, yeah. unless your name's Michael Chandler. Um, yeah, I guess. I don't know probably how. not going to be a great night for you. But, uh, yeah, great pick. I, uh, pound for pound, definitely one of the most powerful fighters mm -hmm. in the game. Um, moving on, we'll go to cardio. Um, for my cardio, this one was pretty easy. This is one of the ones I didn't even really have to think about. I uh, In the game today, I have Mr. Colby Covington. Um, I think he might – Colby could arguably have the best cardio um, – not only in today's game, but maybe of all time. Um, yeah, he just, he all of his fights usually end up going the distance. Um, he's had two long five-round battles with the uh, former welterweight champion, uh, Kamaru Usman. And I've never quite seen a fight where Colby looked gassed, like quite ever. Um, yeah, he's just, he, he doesn't cut a lot of weight, only walks around at about 184. Um, that's about a 10, 15-pound cut for him every fight. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just... 
I've never quite seen Colby. And the, yeah. the, the the crazy part is he his, his output as well. Like oh, it's not yeah. like it's not like he's not tired because he you know he's smart about yeah. it. He just he's always in your face, always Putting on the pace. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I believe in the versus Dos Anjos, he had about I want to say like 320 strikes landed and about 25 takedown attempts. Like, Jesus can you imagine Christ. that? Like that's just so annoying. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine that. That's annoying, man. But. Like, uh, def- like, you would think after a while, okay, I've defended, like, a couple shots from this guy. He's going to stop trying to nope. take me down. Nope, not Cov- Kobe Covington. No. He will. And Kobe Covington, one of my favorite fighters, but I don't think that's a biased pick for me. Mm-mm, not so, at all. I yeah. would, If I was going with current fighters, I would for sure say Kobe Covington yeah. would be my pick. Who do you have for <laughs> your cardio freak? Well, maybe not the best fighter in the world, but certainly one of the most famous fighters in the world, Mr. Nathaniel Diaz. Finishing with a record of 21 and 13, and has gone to de- gone to a decision 14 times in his career. So he's gone the distance quite a few times. Um, not not always uh, winning those decisions, but he makes it there certainly. Yeah, he does make it there. <laughs> um, but yeah, his uh, his cardio is kind of almost as notorious as his chin. Um, the two kind of go hand in hand with each other. He usually takes a beating long enough so that he can uh, start beating up on the other guy in the last and the latter. Um, one or two rounds, typically, and uh, you've seen that in his uh, fight versus Leon Edwards, which went five rounds, where he took a beating for four or for four and a half rounds, essentially, before landing a one-two. Can we imagine, like, if he if he we rem- we were watching that together, weren't we? Yeah, we were watching and, that in my basement, yeah. and we actually almost we yeah. almost woke up our, my entire neighborhood <laughs> yeah. because we were screaming. Oh my God! I st- every time the I game th- would be completely different. Like every, everything would be different. Every time I think about that fight, I'm just like so mad. Why did Why did you just not go and finish but it? But imagine Diaz leave. versus Usman. Like I don't even yeah, know. I could tell you how that, that fight's fight. gonna go down. But uh, you know, it would have just been cool to see Diaz oh, fight for a title. Don't get me wrong. I would have been fully rooting for. Like, I know Diaz. you would have bet the oh. house on Diaz too. Oh, <laughs> I don't know about. I don't know if I have. <laughs> I don't know if I have that kind of. Uh, Crazy confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, great selection. Diaz definitely. I think if Colby Covington and Diaz fought, I think they could go 15 rounds, five minutes, and just you know throw their little, throw, just jab each yeah. other, just jab each other, and you know do whatever they do for 15 rounds. Yeah. I don't think either one of them would look tired after the fight. Oh, absolutely not. But um, yeah, great selection. So halfway through, we have now we're going to move on to chin. Um, for the chin. I will take Mr. Max Blessed Holloway. Um, Max Holloway never been finished via knockout in his career. He was finished once by Dustin Poirier via submission. But, yeah, I mean, Max Holloway just, you know, he also puts out great volume um, when he fights. And, yeah, I mean, just the – I also saw – it was it was a while ago, but there was, a, like, another compilation of just Max Holloway just eating – Bombs oh, yeah. that would knock out 99% of fighters, and yeah. Not much to say, you just kind of, you got to see it for yourself. Yeah. Holloway, he's able to take a punch. For sure. Um, yeah, not much else I have to say on that. Well, I, obviously not impossible to knock out, but pretty improbable to knock yeah, him out. Never happened, yeah. really. And uh, yeah, I will take the, uh, my, even on my all-time list, you got to go with the same thing, honestly. Max Holloway, uh, just probably the most notorious chin in UFC history, most strike absorbs, 
strikes yeah. absorbed as well. I want to say which yeah uh, he is by by a, it's by like a long shot yeah. too. It's like over three thousand. Yeah, it tells you a lot about his defense. But hey, when you got the chin like that, I mean, one of these days it's gonna have to get cracked open, though, right? Hopefully, I you mean, hopefully not. <laughs> Father Time is undefeated, but, but uh, hopefully not. Um, we shall see. But uh, yeah, with uh, briefly going uh, after briefly going over Max Holloway, I will just move straight into. Uh, um, my pick for defense, and I went with actually a current fighter, and uh, one of my favorite fighters in the game right now, Mr. Marlon Chito Vera. Uh, 27 fights in his career, 20 wins, uh, 8 KOs, 8 submissions, 4 decisions, but has never been knocked out, and I want to say has never been knocked down, and I think you'd be very hard-pressed to even... Find a picture online of where Marlon Vera looks like he's been in a MMA fight because that defensive shell of his is usually pretty impregnable, impossible to get through. Um, not the best head movement, but you know, uses his distance pretty well. As, as doesn't get hit. Doesn't get hit too often, and uh, yeah, especially if you looked at his last or his two fights prior ago versus Rob Font. Rob Font, I think, won a outlanded him like something ridiculous it was like 200 and something yeah, it was a lot to like 90 but <laughs> Cheeto Vera Cheeto was hitting him with bombs yeah right? look at look at the look up a picture of Rob Font versus Cheeto Vera when they were going to decision and you tell me who looked like they got hit more <laughs> but, uh, yeah it could be the next uh bantamweight title challenger we'll see if he was the next bantamweight champ that would that would make my year he's my yeah, that would be awesome I would Personally, what I would love to see is O'Malley beats Aljo somehow, and then we get Malley yeah. versus Cheeto, Ooh. so I won't be disappointed at the In outcome. In Ecuador. Wow. Ah. <laughs> wow. No, let's be honest. If no, they're never going to. Dana, that fight's happening where Sugar... That, yeah, that fight happens in Vegas because yeah, it's honestly, Sugar. But yeah. yeah, that would be awesome because I wouldn't, I wouldn't really be upset if Sugar lost to Cheeto because I like Cheeto a lot as yeah. well. But yeah, great pick for um, defense. Or, yeah, yeah, you're on defense, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. And then I will pick my current fighter um, for defense, the uh, new uh, UFC lightweight champion of the world, Islam Makachev. Um, yeah, he actually all time right now is um, holds the record. Well, like he only absorbs point nine um, significant strikes per minute, which is a uh, absurd to think about. Mm -hmm. Just a little under one per minute. That's crazy to think about. Um, yeah, I mean, he's been, he's 22 and one in his, uh, MMA career. He had one loss in the UFC and it was, he got caught and he got dropped and I, I, I watch it back. It, it might've been a little early, but, um, yeah, still, he doesn't really get hit. I mean, in the Oliveira fight, Oliveira really only hit him once or twice, maybe hard. Um, yeah, he's just got, he's got good defense. His wrestling defense is obviously great. Um, yeah. I mean, not much else to say. Makachev arguably on his way to being one of, if not the greatest lightweights of all time. We will see where he goes um, next. I know Lissette's smiling as <laughs> she listens to this. So, uh, yeah, let's just move on from Yeah, that. let's just move on. On to uh, jujitsu. Oh, sorry. I was saying uh, some, some words into the camera for my sister there. <laughs> um, moving on to jujitsu. Jujitsu, sorry. Um, I have... For my all-time pick, Mr. One Royce Gracie, um, the original champion of the UFC back in its very beginning days, um, and the 
first person to bring over Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in, over into the United States. 15 wins in his career, 11 coming via submission. That's 73%. Those are numbers you just do not see today, usually. Um, and that is because, as I was saying, he was the first person to do it, and he could pretty much submit you any way you wanted, any way he wanted to back in the day because a lot of people didn't know how to deal with that, with the BJJ back on the ground. So, uh, yeah, as a godfather of jiu-jitsu, I don't think there's much more to add. Uh, Royce Gracie takes the spot on my list. PJ, how about how about you, my man? I'm also going to take a uh, Brazilian, the uh, former UFC lightweight champion and Roman and I's you know favorite, well, second favorite fighter in the game right now, um, Mr. Charles Dubronx Oliveira, champion of the lightweight division. <laughs> Oliveira with a record of 33 and nine. Um, he's got 21 wins via submission. Um, the most submissions also in UFC history. Um, yeah, I mean, Oliveira is just absurdly exciting to watch. One of those, you know, jujitsu guys who's just like, it's the real reason I we started to love him, I feel. Just his, the thrill you go through in every fight, you know. he He's mm-hmm. so good on the ground. He, he The thing is, he's so good on the feet, and then he diverts right to uh, right to subbing people, and it's just a... He's a fun fighter to watch, and yeah, if you want to get on the ground with Oliveira, and your name's not, and you're not from Dagestan, you're probably in trouble. Yeah. You're probably in trouble, if I'm being honest. And um, yeah, Oliveira just, you know, one of the most exciting fighters in the game today, and he will be. He will be back. He will. He will be, be back. back. But um, yeah, moving on to the last category, we have um, wrestling. Let's wrestle. Let's wrestle, kid. Let's wrestle. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned him a little earlier in the podcast, and uh, I know you do not like him because uh, I switched up my pick on you, actually, PJ, because I fair. I forgot about this so guy. We, we're going to have the same pick, I feel. No, we're not. Oh, okay. I'm going to go with one Henry Cejudo. Oh. <laughs> All right, I'm up. No. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Henry Cejudo, not the most likable guy. Uh, notoriously the king of cringe. As I was going to say, it's not even that I don't like him. He's just so cringy. Yeah, and well, he does a, it on purpose. He's a dork. He's playing, in a, he, he's playing a character. He's just a dork is what he is. Yeah, he is a freaking dweeb. But, yeah, great. Uh, but, uh, yeah, his wrestling credentials certainly speak for themselves. One of the few Olympians who actually made it into the UFC. Uh, a 2008 gold medalist at his weight class in Beijing, as well as... 2007 Pan American Games champion, um, some uh, state high school championships, some national championships under his title. If there was a wrestling competition that Henry Cejudo entered in, he won a gold medal in it. And uh, he that a lot of that wrestling certainly carried over into his mixed martial arts c- career, where he finished with 16 wins, two losses, um, as well as capturing titles at both 125 and 135. And uh, he will be making a return to the 135 pounds division, seemingly not. within the, <laughs> seemingly within the next year. And I'm sure PJ is uh, very excited for that return to come, brother. Um, yeah, good pick. <laughs> I, there are fighters in the sport I don't like, but I respect all of them. I respect Henry Cejudo. Um, yeah, great pick as well. For my wrestler, um, I don't want to say the same name twice. I would say. Makachev, but I will go somebody else who actually I feel like could compete with with Makachev in the wrestling department, and is maybe, possibly a fight if this guy becomes champ again, Mr. Kamaru Usman, mm-hmm. um, a welterweight, 
Um, obviously, just had a, a tough knockout loss against Leon Edwards for the belt. He was winning the fight. He would have won the fight um, had he not been knocked out. 56 more seconds. But, yeah, Usman has the highest takedown defense um, percentage in UFC history at 97%. And, um, yeah, he's just able – I mean, <clears throat> the thing – throughout his career when he first entered the UFC and mixed martial arts, he was – Definitely known as only a wrestler, mm-hmm. you know, taking people down and just kind of holding them there and not letting them back up. Yeah. Um, pretty much the whole fight. And, um, yeah, he's a he's a strong dude. I uh, Roman and I always say when we watch him fight, we don't understand yeah. how he makes yeah. 170 pounds. He is a ginormous another dude. polarizing fig- figure for his division. Um, <laughs> personally, me, I believe he will be the welterweight champion again at some point. Um and I, I would love to see Makachev versus Usman because I think realistically, I don't know if there's anybody else in the game besides maybe obviously Hamzat. Hamzat or Usman, in my opinion, are the only ones that really I think could actually beat Makachev. And neither one of them are in the lightweight division, unfortunately. Dude, I actually, I, I, there's a part of me that hopes. Obviously, Charles Oliveira will have his revenge one day. You know, come on now. But uh, if that day doesn't come for some reason. And Islam Makachev runs through the division for the next, I don't know, three, four fights and decides a move up to 170 is in the cards for him. If he were to face off versus Usman, more specifically if he was to face off versus Chamayev, that would be a matchup I could not wait to watch. That would actually be unbelievably sick. Please do that in Abu Dhabi. I might be biased, but I also think Colby could compete. He's just not – I just don't – he he might not be strong enough for Makachev, but – Still yeah. a matchup I would want to see. I would also want to see that. But, yeah, I just hope one of those three are champions, as we mentioned, by the time Makachev moves up. Absolutely. Because, yeah, wrestling is power, wrestling. As, as the Dagestanis <laughs> say nowadays. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, PJ, you want to quickly recap who your perfect fighter is? So my perfect fighters, four fighters in the game today, this is. I have for IQ, Mr. John Jones. Um, hopefully he'll still be current. I'm waiting for him to get active again. <laughs> um, striking. The notorious Conor McGregor, power Francis Ngannou, cardio Colby Covington, chin Max Holloway, defense um, Islam Makachev, um, jiu-jitsu Charles Oliveira, and wrestling Kamaru Usman. Very formidable opponent, but for my all-time perfect fighter, I will go with IQ GSP, striking Anderson Silva, power Justin Gaethje, cardio Nate Diaz. Chin, Max Holloway, defense, Marlon Chito Vera, BJJ, Royce Gracie, wrestling, Henry, the messenger, Cejudo. Okay, PJ, hypothetical matchup, my fighter versus your fighter. Why do you think your fighter would get the job done? It would definitely be a a heck of a fight, I must say. Um, I mean... I'm not even going to say my fighter would win because you don't even know nowadays in the UFC. But, um, yeah, I just think uh, I think we're going to take you down because we, uh, we have Mr. Makachev's wrestling, and I'm not sure. I don't know, dude. I don't know if you can take down Cejudo's wrestling. That's, that's, that's world championship level I wrestling agree. right there. I agree. I not, agree. Not, none of that Sambo BS. Yeah, uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I would definitely be a... Uh, a heck of a fight if our fighters were the match. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, and we can make that twelve rounds easily with the cardio of Nate Diaz and Kobe Covington. Oh so yeah. we can scrap all day. I think it really just go to the dis- judges' 
scorecards. I think it'd be a very, very close fight. And I think uh, because I have Henry Cejudo, our judges would probably favor your fighter because <laughs> we have a pretty annoying personality. Yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully Daniel Cormier be on the call because if Cormier's yeah. on the call and I got Makachev's wrestling, I think it's automatically going to my fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, shout out to DC. DC would definitely make it seem... Oh, yeah. Way more threatening oh, yeah. than it has to be. But yeah. He always finds a way. It'd be the IQs. The I, I mean, Bones Jones versus GSP, uh, though. Yeah. That, that would be. I that would know. be straight. Honestly, we, maybe we would see sort of a, a Carla Esparza versus Rose Namajunas fight. No. Part two because I wouldn't even let my fighter do that. I would rather my fighter gets knocked out. I on think the our face fighters would be that. too smart to, to even put each other in danger. We would just be throwing pawn yeah. jabs at each other. Yeah, that fight just got released on YouTube, by the way. So I oh, uh, did it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I saw that. I saw a tweet. It said like the video had 31,000 um, views, and they were the you know, somebody tweeted out like 31,000 people need to need to get themselves alive. Yeah, they need to get themselves a life. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'll actually. I never watched that fight live, but literally, I think I don't I'm, really plan on I'm it. just gonna watch it, maybe for a little bit, just to see if it's really as bad as people. Apparently, are. the crowd was just booing the whole like three through third through fifth round. That's so insane. maybe I will tune in for that. Uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> but yeah, that. Uh, but yeah, that wraps it up for our perfect fighter picks, and wraps it up for episode six of the Split Decision Podcast. PJ, any final words for all of our? Millions of fans across the world. <laughs> no, um, you know, obviously, thank you as always. The support we get is um, obviously very much appreciated. Um, I have a great time doing this. I have a great time, you know, talking about it um, with my friends, and they give me good feedback, and I appreciate everyone who tunes in. Um, you guys should definitely, maybe we'll either make a post or a poll or oh, something yeah, about sure. our perfect fighters, and you guys should send in your. Uh, perfect fighters or uh you know if you don't agree with a certain category we picked you guys should comment on it yeah um even though you're gonna be wrong um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. but uh yeah you guys should comment on it that would be that'd be fun um yeah yeah then thank you all very much for tuning in yeah absolutely thank you everyone as pj was saying i'll make a little post you guys give us your comments and feedback any feedback is always appreciated good or bad we like the hate as much as we like the love. Um, but, yeah, that wraps it up for today. Shout out to Andrew Briggs. Shout out to ICE TV, everyone who helps us make this possible, all the support. And we will see you guys at the see top. You at the top.